Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the build-up show. We are joined by Rob Gutman, the Anfield Rap Zone. Uh, Rob, very good to have you. You've already been sitting down with Chris doing the newsroom podcast this morning. I have. Uh, very it's enjoyable. It's been far too long since we've had you in a more casual. Setting off the build-up. Is it the is it the show I did with Diddy Haman? It's quite in, possibly in your front room. Yeah, yeah. your back room. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a long. long we were younger time, men. We had hopes and dreams then. Yeah, and fewer grey hairs and bags under the eyes. And to be yeah. fair, you actually haven't aged since then. <laughs> I have dramatically. Um, let's got not. Good, I've got a good surgeon. Yeah, let's not <laughs> let's not dwell too much on this. Um, <laughs> let's do one of the things that are going to age us tremendously, and that's Liverpool this season, Chris. Um, this is this is genuinely the maddest season already in that there's no easing in there's no like oh you know we'll just build into the season it feels like every single game of football is the biggest game of football that we've got because we've set ourselves the target of effectively going unbeaten this year and we kind of have to to to, to beat (laughs) Manchester City to the title I think everybody will know that you finish above Man City this season you win the league um, the fact that they played before us in the last round of games added a whole heap of pressure that we'd yeah. we'd not considered. You're sitting there all weekend, it's dragging so much, and you're thinking to yourself, a draw here is not good enough, mm. and it's going to be the same this weekend. I'm at the point now where I would happily do this baseball style, right, mm. and just play 38 games in 38 days, almost. Maybe a couple of <laughs> maybe a couple of days. Off, just be done with know, it. Yeah. Just have just let's just find out because. Take the time off work. Well, just strap yeah, yourself in. But I, I, you know, we'll probably this will be a more uh, a more relevant conversation. I think later in the season because I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But this does feel like a different season, you know. And I, I, the thing I always have, Rob, is that you know, we're we're Chris and I are old enough to remember Liverpool's last league title, but only just, you mm. know, like I, I was there, I was there, but I was seven. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not something that there's certain there's images burned into my brain, but I've got no sense for how the season went because I was too young to to appreciate it. This does feel, I don't know, but I, I've got no point of comparison. This season feels similar to maybe 2008, 2009 in some regards because I thought we had a great team and I had a little bit of expectation that year. But this does this this. I feel like we're equipped for all kinds of challenges this year that maybe we weren't in years gone by. Yeah, it does feel like that at the moment. Do you know what? It's interesting you saying that. I felt more confident in going back to the year you just mentioned in the beginning of 07 08 when we just signed Torres. Yeah. That season, we'd gone big in the transfer market as well, relatively bought in uh, Lucas Liva, Ben Ayun. Then we Mascarana had signed just a few months before. We'd had Torres Babble. and Bab Babel. So the, the, these were decent signings. 
Uh, we'd, yeah, and we'd beat, and we were European Cup finalists from the year before, so there's some parallels, and we start that season quite well, don't yeah. we? We start with the late winner at Villa, and we win a few games. It's a, it's a cautionary tale, because we do slightly fall off a cliff before recovering and finishing top four and being okay, but not the season we'd anticipated. Yeah. But you're right, this one, I mean, I'm going, you know, I'm older than you. I, that I was in 1990, 23. So I do, the time I was having then. But, um, <laughs> but I do remember that. I mean, the weird thing about back then, it was, it's, it, was it was sort of routine yeah. winning the league. If my abiding memory of that season is we weren't that good. Do you know what I mean? We had we were slightly better the season afterwards for a good while before it all sort of went a bit pear shaped where we don't win the league. This one, the, the early sense of that a momentum might be building. This reminds me a little bit of this early stage of eighty seven, eighty eight, where we'd also gone big in the transfer market in the summer. We'd sold Rush, admittedly, maybe a parallel to Coutinho going. Mm. Brought in John Barnes, Peter Beardsley, John Aldridge a few months earlier. Ray Houghton was to come in quickly. And we hit the ground running, and the, the, they gelled very quickly. The football was of an incredible level, uh, and people. But what was where the comparison really comes in is is the, the the world outside of Liverpool, outside of our bubble, was going bloody hell. These are good. Yeah. These are these are the real deal. And when that comes from outside, because you because we, we always say it's our year. Mm. Yeah, of course. And sometimes we mean we, we ne- actually think we don't even know whether we mean it or not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we just we, we, we it's a there's mantra. belief now though. I think I think it's more like the real thing in terms of the yeah. belief, yeah. But I think it's because we can hear it from outside of our, ourselves. The thing the difference is normally because we get we have it's more it's not so much that it's our year. It's that we it's, we say next season is, is what is the thing that's become the thing. It's rather than it's our year. I think that kind of that kind of died off. We had a lot. Of, we had probably a ten years of being when we had this. That's going to make us mm. take take the next step. Well, looking at this game, no, I. I think Brighton fall into a nice little category, and maybe this is me getting ahead of myself, but whatever. That's the point of all of everything we do on this channel. Um, <laughs> they fall into that category, and it's teams that finish between 8th and 15th, 16th in the league last season, who I think are absolutely perfect for us to play at this point of the season. And I think the fact that we had some high score and good results against them last season as well kind of plays into this as well. Brighton are a team that I think haven't had... The starting against West Ham, which was sound... Having had quite a hard fought win against Crystal Palace, you want to get back to a team that, if you just play to your, the fullness of your abilities at home, you should be looking to stick well, a few points. It reminds me of the the first time the main stand opened and Leicester were coming to town and they were a good side and we snotted them 4 0. Yeah. And great there are parallels to that Rafa Benitez side from earlier on that you've mentioned in the. There is a fear around coming to Anfield now. Yeah. You know, in the league, we didn't lose a game at Anfield last season, all season long, and teams will be coming here almost beaten. Yeah. And now you're looking at it and maybe you put yourself in a Brighton player's perspective and you think the, the one thing that you could always almost guarantee was Liverpool. If you dig in, you can get something from them. And they'll be looking at that result last week against Crystal Palace and going, Palace are better than us. And they dug in. And they didn't get, they got nada out of them. Yeah. And that's what Liverpool will be looking to do all season long. And it's why beating West Ham 4 0 at home is something that they'll be looking at and going, there's no way we can we can compete with this. Not yeah. when they're on song, not when they're in front of that Anfield crowd and they're playing like that and the pitch is big and they're spreading the play quickly. Yeah. We're going to have to be at our absolute best to get a draw here. But they're not be- playing to our hands though, because uh, I. The- <sighs> There's still question marks over whether we can put teams to bed when they 
really do dig in. I mean, those question marks get less and less with every game that we play, of course. But do we, you know, are we? Are we do you think we're there yet? Because like Man City are there. Teams come in and dig in against Man City and go, go ahead. They've got but their in a summer where, if you, sorry, if you disregard the Champions League final, Liverpool have just carried on. Yeah. There has been no... We're playing the same players pretty much as last season. Admittedly, Gomez is now coming in and Alisson's at the back. But this is just the side that's just picked up where it's left off. Everybody else seems to be going through change at the moment. Whereas we're, we will evolve throughout the season and get better. But our level is exactly as it was at the end of last season when we were going to the Olympic Stadium in Rome and getting results. Yeah, I mean, you know, Liverpool watching against the bottom 13, if it's felt like a familiar experience, hasn't it, to all of us for decades, decades now, post the glory years. I'd say, out of, say, let's pick a sample of six matches against the bottom 13. You'd expect Liverpool, any incarnation of Liverpool, to win three of them at Anfield quite well. Yeah. One to be a struggle. And it could go either way in terms of a draw or a home win. And two, we just don't break them down. And it's utterly frustrating afternoon. 40 shots, no goals. Yeah, exactly. It's allowed goal and that's your only, that was your turn. Remember that Stoke Stephen Gerrard game where he stuck on oh. there early and it got disallowed? It's like, guys. Yeah, yeah, amazing amount of shots. You felt last season, because our record against the top six is a reverse of what it had been the year before. But it's probably our best season against the bottom 13 in, in living memory. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was. And I think I don't know what, but I think we probably routinely beat five out of you know five to six ratio against against the let's call them the crap, yeah. right? Um, so we've got to go there full of confidence. You used to have to sort of rely on a little bit of luck to break a team down. I was, I want to just I'd slightly calm expectations in as much as I think against Palace. Although I think you look at the game as a whole and a lot of individual performances that we did well. Difficult place to win. We defend well. We see it out. There's a lot, so many positives. At the, if you go rewind to say like a minute before we actually get that penalty, it does feel like it could be a long night. Yeah. It feels quite... We've had, you look back, we had some good, decent half chances that half, but it looks like they're doing a reasonable job of denying us the space. There's only one way to play against us, Liverpool, which is to deny them the space and hope for the best. Yeah. But we do, I think with Palace, even if we hadn't scored before half-time, we'd have found a way. I think we'd have scored on 60, seen it out for a 1-0. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'd have been just as happy that way. Brighton, Brighton I think if you're Chris Hewton, you're going to go... There's two, there's two schools of thoughts for these clubs. You know what? You can go at them and shock them, and that'll knock them back on their heels. I think that option's now gone. Yeah. Teams are not going to do that to Liverpool or City this yeah. season. So I think you're going to go, what we're going to do, we're going to have the low block, concentrate the fuck out of it, but we, we do need a bit of luck. We don't need Liverpool to score one from a set piece yeah. and make it easy for them. Just don't make it easy for them. I think this is this could be. I, I, you, you get a sense of things, and you get different types of games, and they start to. We said this last season where we were we were ticking boxes along the way. It was like we got to win this way. We got this type of yeah. win. We got that type of win. And every time you did that, you proved to the fans and to the team itself that they could win in that way. And it'd be interesting because so far we've won a game by having the best midfield. We then beat Palace because I thought we had the best defence. And it's maybe we do a we do a game where either the I think either the attacking midfield steps up and does something for us in this game, or this could be the game where Mo Salah and Firmino are back to the best. But we we're gonna I feel like we're gonna need something something like that. You know what I mean? We got, everyone's gonna need to be a bit more free flowing, I guess, to get this game uh, underway. We're gonna have the lads talk through their preferred 11s in, in in a minute, but I, I think the big question for this one, because um, it's gonna be the midfield again, isn't it? It's forever gonna be. I think we're, we're reaching the point where 
at the minute, given Lovren's fitness situation, the back five picks itself hmm. pretty much. But, and I, I think we'll see whether this is borne out when we see the preferred 11s in a second, but the, um, yeah. The midfield, the midfield. midfield's always the difficult one with this side and with the Egg and Klopp. It was why I'm so bad at the starting 11 predictions every week, is because he always changed that midfield. And it's the one thing, you know, That's last week. got it right last week. That's why I got it right last week, because I, I, I actually thought he'd keep it, he'd keep it the same. But I think for me, I've, I've said this last season, it's the, you know, if you think of Liverpool Football Club or the team as a car, you know, the, the engine room is that midfield and the car doesn't go anywhere if the engine's misfiring. And it's about making sure that you've got the right pieces to be able to give the attack a platform and, and protect the defence at the same time. So for me, you know, you're looking at it now and I, I looked at it and I looked at Crystal Palace and I thought, James Milner looked a little bit tired there and I want to protect him for later on in the season. So I'd imagine that maybe he's the guy that goes out. Um, but you need to actually keep legs in midfield because they're every blade of grass, sideline to sideline. They're up and down the field all the time. So that's the area of the field where we know we're going to see rotation more than anything because it's the area of the field where they work the hardest for the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think there's a this might be the game Rob, putting our Jürgen Klopp hat and glasses on for mm. this one, where he probably does. You know, he, that midfield, I think it was it was perfectly justified in keeping the midfield the same between the first two games. Yeah. But this is probably a situation whereby a combination of looking to get fitness, looking to get minutes in the legs, and also looking to save, a, you know, keep a couple of guys fresh or whatever, this probably is the game where he goes, oh, okay, I'll shuffle me, I'll shuffle me pack a little bit for this one. I genuinely don't know. Is is, is my take on this? I, I, but what you both said, I, t- I totally yeah. If that is that's what happens, that's why, and, and it's perfectly reasonable to say that. But I could equally convince myself that he go that he goes no same again. I think he's often a manager. I think people think he's very calculating. It's it's all mapped out in advance. I think he discovers formulas, and and he what he goes that worked. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Again. I remember the, the the first sort of famous front three setup he had, which was two seasons back, Coutinho, Mane, and Firmino. He almost discovers that in pre-season. It's a strikerless system. We forget that now. That actually Firmino wasn't considered a centre forward by us. So it's a strikerless system. He discovers it in pre-season. I think because of international issues. I think either Storage is injured and Origi maybe delayed comeback or injured. So he doesn't have any strikers. So he picks those three and it works really well pre-season. It goes into the season and sticks with it. Now, because of Henderson coming back late, Fabinho maybe not being ready to be blooded yet, arguably, he goes with almost a midfield he has to pick first day, yeah. doesn't he? Ronaldo mm. at the base, uh, Milner, and, uh, Milner and Milner and he'd done that the, the, in the midweek before against Torino, and it looked good, and it looked good against West Ham, and I think he thought, I have to do that again. It must have been tempting to go with Henderson at Palace, but he didn't. Yeah. He went with Ronaldo again, so I think he'd be very, very tempted to go. It ain't broke. It's not a, technically there's a week between games, so we go again. Uh, and let's see, what, and I'll keep, we'll keep going again until it doesn't work. I, there's an argument for that. But by the same token, there was an eight game day gap between the first two games, five days, which I take your point. Milner just can't come off, maybe looking leggy. Henderson will be champing at the bit. Yeah. He wants an excuse to get Henderson in, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, on balance, he probably does find a space for him. Absolutely. Well, we will talk through the preferred 11s in a moment. Before we do, as mentioned at the top of the show, Chris sat down with Rob for the Newsroom podcast. Fascinating stuff. Here's a little clip. Yeah, I mean, I started this season, so you settle down for Leicester Man U as the opening game and United United go and win. And it feels like you've had a kick in the teeth already. The City winning, uh, well, they're both their games are kick in the teeth. 
Chelsea, Chelsea beating Arsenal, you wanted a draw. So every, I was saying to, to my lads just before kickoff, I said, we haven't had a result go our way. Well, actually, before the, the Brighton United game, mm. not a single result had gone our way. Um, the only good upside to this is, though, <clears throat> is that you actually get more football for your money. Yeah. So, whereas it's not just Liverpool once a week or one and a half times a week, you've got about three or four other games you can bed in, go down the pub to go, oh, I'm looking forward to this. On the off chance, it goes your way. Unfortunately, it doesn't often, too often. That's the only downside. Well, that's it. And, and that's sort of, you think about it and you think, well, there's about 120, 140 games that matter to Liverpool this season. It's not just 38 games anymore. And obviously, you know, we're going to be in other competitions as well. Cool. Yeah, you can get that on the RedmenTV.com. Sign up. It's free for the first month. There's loads of other brilliant stuff. If you're literally the only person in the world who hasn't yet seen the Egg and Klopp interview yet, get on there. Fascinating stuff. Brilliant stuff, of course, because, you know, I'm in it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it. Then we obviously got some some rather sexual graphics that come up on the screen for this one this time around. Chris and I have gone what for have exactly done? the what same. What have I signed off for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've gone for exactly the same preferred 11s here, Chris. It's hardly surprising, really, is Who it? Who knew? No, no, I know. Um, Who knew? <laughs> but in terms of what the options are, I think what's interesting is what you've gone for, Rob, though. You, you brought Fabinho in and you bring in Shakiri into the midfield. Is this just a fuck it, I'm going for it kind of situation? It, it's not what I think will happen, but it's sort of the midfield... I th- no, but you're the manager for this. This is yeah. your preferred eleven. This it, is what you'd like to it's see. It's sort of the direction I think we we were going in pre-season yeah. in terms of Klopp's plans early in pre-season. I think he was bringing in Fabinho, and I think the bonus he wanted was he didn't know quite Fabinho's level, but he's a star at Monaco, a fulcrum of that team. Uh, so I think in in an ideal scenario, he's, he proves to be better than Jordan Henderson because what a luxury that would be. Yeah. So the best imaginable version of Fabinho for me starts at the base because I think Klopp's dreamt it that way once upon a time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think if Fakir had signed and hadn't failed that medical, he would be lining, regardless of the Henderson-Fabinho debate, yeah. he would be lining up for a game like this alongside Naby Keita. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because that's the, that's the midfield I think he dreamed of. The two number eight system, sort of, or eight yeah. and ten system. We talked about how City don't care if you low block them. They're just going to throw bodies at you. That's because they play effectively with the front five. Yeah. And they back themselves that, that no one's coming out against that front five. I think Klopp in his mind wants to evolve to a front five system, yeah. which means that you don't have more than one of a Fabinho, a Henderson, a Wijnaldum, and maybe even a Milner. One of those guys gets a game in the future. And that's why I think Shaqiri, he's tried him there pre-season, didn't he? One or two games. Mm -hmm. So I could, I don't think it'll happen this game, but I could see it happening in a game like this. Shaqiri alongside Kaita behind the front three. I think I, I think there's a, a strong case there. Kind of what we've seen with, with, with Oxlade-Chamberlain last season, the way we, we took yeah. a while to get him properly integrated into the side, and we didn't really unleash the full force of Liverpool until the back end of the season. You know, you see him against Man City, driving forward, etc. I agree. We might well we, we might well get to that, but I like that notion of Fabinho. The idea of it is sound. Fabinho is far more of a defensive six, isn't he? Mm. So he supposedly provides the platform to allow the other guys to do it. I think all I really want to see, Chris, and I think I, 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 let me know if it's your thinking, of course, is the team's fine so far. Mm. But as Rob says, Jordan Henderson's got to come into this team at some point. I think we we move the ball a lot quicker. You could see. I think Wijnaldum's been really good, to be fair. But I actually really, I've really enjoyed Wijnaldum playing slightly further forward. We saw it against Torino, wasn't it, in, in, in pieces yeah. for, for the spell? And Wijnaldum was excellent playing in the more advanced midfield role. Caton and Wijnaldum's energy, Henderson doing, being allowed to sit back and, and, and ping some balls around. Either way, it's a bloody exciting midfield. That's, what, that's why I went with Henderson at the base, Caton on the uh, left and Wijnaldum on the right-hand side. Because not only did we see it in the Torino game, he brought Henderson in both league games so far and Wijnaldum's been the person to shift forward and play that role and we saw mm. it back end, was it the second leg against City or the first leg when Wijnaldum played that role for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain when he got injured? He is able to do that sort of transition in movement that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain could do and he's very exciting. He gets himself even into a, a couple of positions for shots last time out and he's playing from the six. Now, I personally think... I agree with you about the two number 10 system that City have got and how Liverpool will evolve to that. But I also feel like we're going to have a revolving midfield where any two of three can go at any point. Yeah. And that will be why we're evolving City system almost. Yeah. Because then you don't know whether Kite is going to sit back for a five minute period. You don't know whether where the run's coming from. And therefore, it's much more difficult well, to start. Well, that's why Aldum was shocked. By Wijnaldum in that Torino game, I, you know, doing the little give and go, breaking into the box, like I, we were at the far end of the ground and going. I just assumed it must be Kater because I couldn't, I you know, couldn't basically make mm. out who it was. I was like, well, that's not what I expect to see Naby Kater do. And I was like, oh no, it was genuinely well, amazing because you're dead right. In some instances, there's an expectation of it from Kater. But then all of a sudden, if Wijnaldum's the guy doing it, well, it, it, it ends up effectively a bit like what Man City have got in that regard. You still got that five. You're not maybe getting, you know, they're not they're not playing it the same as De Bruyne and Silverwood necessarily. But you're still getting the the bodies in, and we've said as well that's that's maybe another evolution from if if teams are going to learn to cope with that from three. Then great. Well, there's another, there's another two players for you to deal with on on top of that. And Klopp's talked about it. He doesn't talk about formations. He talks about finding space on the football yeah. field. Mm. You know, he, he doesn't talk about four two three one or four three three. He wants the lads in the team to find space. 
and he doesn't mind where they move to to find that space as long as there's bodies around them for them to pass to when they receive the ball. Yeah, yeah he, he also he also talks, I mean, with, with Wijnaldum in the past, or when he said the criticism he's received from Klopp is, yeah, the manager's great, he encourages me, but he says I need to score more. And I think that's a bit of a key. And Wijnaldum scores in the Torino game. Yeah. That's That was a shock because he actually only scores twice, I think, last season properly. And I he follows it up with a goal against Napoli as well, next game. Before yeah, the, oh, the, other the other way around. The other way around, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do wonder whether he will start to, to look for, for goals in the midfield. I think that was part of the plan. I mean, well, you're not going to get, you're not likely to get more goals at the front three, are you? No, so less, next actually. most likely. Yeah. So have got to be the two guys next nearest to, to, the, to, the, to the goal. And you look at the pedigree. So, so I think the dream, I think at the beginning of the summer, he dreamt of the two lining up behind the front three as being Fakir and Keita. Mm. And if you look at their goals totals for the previous two seasons, Keita's got nines and tens and maybe all comps. Fakir's got around the early 20s, I think, or 19s and 22s mm. over the two seasons. There's a hell of a lot of goals there from what aren't front three positions for those boys. Although I guess Fakir sometimes play further forward still. Are you getting that from just uh, Keita alongside Wijnaldum or Keita alongside Milner or Keita alongside Henson? None of those boys have really got a great... Even Adam Lalana, his best season for us is five or six, I think. Yeah. Um, that's why, that's why I, if it was me, I'd, this, I'd go, this is one for Shakiri. Yeah. Shakiri does give you nines and tens, I think, from He's, that position. Oh, you've convinced me, Rob. No, I like that. I'm, I'm all <laughs> in on that. But I, my, my concern of this is like, because the Fabinho thing makes sense, but I'm also like, but what a home. Let's put Henderson in there, do that. Put oh, no, Henderson yeah. in, and then and then yeah, let's have let's just let's so we need a defensive midfield. Let's just leave Van Dijk on his own at the back with Allison. Let's have a, let's have them play both play centre half, and it'll be and it'll be. <laughs> I play Allison behind the strikers, oh, me God. In a Molby-esque role, and oh, yeah, he's got the passing range for it. Up into box to box, maybe maybe alongside Naby. Those box. that that like pass completion graphic from um, four four two stats or whatever it's called the. the for the Allison thing, for for Palace, the twenty one of twenty three long passes completed. Is that right? what it was? I mean, it looked. That uh, no, way sorry, twenty one of twenty three, uh, ten of twelve. I think long passes, but they were they were scandalous. Ridiculous. They were they absolutely were ridiculous. Pin, um, pinpoint. I'm not. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, Xabi Alonso would have been proud. Gerard in his pomp, proud. Soon you look at it and you kick, you're kicking the ball, and you think, oh, he can't do it. Oh, you can do another one. That's fine. And it's, one one of them sailed over Mane's head, and I thought, that's it. That's the one he's missed. And then Trent was there, and I was like, ah. Aren't uh. you the, we have, I think, in the second half, three mad counters, don't we? Whereby they're absolutely on their ass. Palace. One ends up in the one where Salah goes round the keeper, then has to cut it back for Kite, which is very close shots. The other one ends in the sending off. Yeah. And the final one ends in a goal. How many does he contribute to two he of contributes those? Contributes. He doesn't contribute to the last one because Van Dijk heads the ball out from the corner. Ah, right, yeah. But someone plays a ball back to Allison inside his six-yard line, and he just dinks it over to Robbo for a storming run down the centre. For one of them, sends it to Firmino, left wing as well, isn't it? Where he just basically p- pings it to him, yes, and he gets him behind and he brings it down, and it's that thing of it's just he's he's. I could do I it was, show, I could but do but it he's going to. What it means though, what I was working towards is that's a, a goalkeeper that's going to give you points, mm, and I don't yeah. just mean points because he's going to dig you out with a last-minute save like De Gea will. But he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get you goals. There's goals in him. Yeah. That's mad to say about well, goalkeeper. This is the thing, isn't it? You know, we're in this situation now, and you, people have got cottoning on to the how to when teams play off in the back, what you do, and and that's why it's hilarious watching Arsenal trying it for the first time because they are so far behind in the development of how you do that. That, that when you're learning the basics, 
everyone's got the basics like internet for dummies, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. Everyone's everyone know everyone knows how to handle teams that are just doing this. Whereas we're gone, we've gone beyond that now, and it's like. You watch Allison do this, where he goes to the fullback, goes to the fullback. He's making it work. He's making it work, and then he goes, "Ah, he's going for the fullback this time." And he just pings it to the to the DM without, you know, without batting an eyelid. And then they go, "Okay, well, we'll cover this." And then he just sticks it sixty yards down the pitch. Perfect ball out of nowhere. Yeah. One of our Glorious. subscribers commented on on one of my videos on the website this week, the Stats and Tactics show, and I talked I talked to you about this about how Allison sort of doesn't move. Before he plays the ball, like he doesn't, he just stands there looking like he's conserving his energy. Mm. And one of the comments that we had on the show was he, the, 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 I forget, apologies to the subscriber. He believes it's because he's not showing his hand. Now, if you stand perfectly still, you don't know whether he's going left, right, or centre. Mignolet would play the ball over there, start looking at the man that he wants to hit it to, yeah. and then telegraph his football. Yeah, he's like. The, <laughs> The way that Mignolet took goal kicks was like the old FIFA games where you had where a there big was an arrow. arrow and you'd have to point <laughs> it in the direction where it was and you had to hold the button down and the arrow would stretch out and you'd go, right, Sam, it's going there, is it? Whereas it's like it's more like the moment where you can push it and you that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, did, exactly Against right. Palace, did he throw things out, actually? I can't. Yeah, there was one to the left-back where he did an overarm throw that sort of Again. bent in front of the Robertson. Did you see, you said you, you were at the Croatia, you were talking about this, yeah, the Croatia-Brazil friendly at Anfield. I was at that game too, just before the World Cup. His throwing that day, that's, I mean, he didn't have anything to do really in the game. But his thro- he was throwing the ball past the halfway line at great pace and accuracy. And I think that's going to come in handy because there's going to be times where the pre-match talk from the opposition, they're going to go, do not let this lad kick the ball, right? Don't yeah. let him get it in his hands and look up. You, so strikers are going to be going, oh, they're going to have to be closing him down in pairs like he's, like he's a centre-half. And I think I think that's, I think possibly Palace even look at that because it's interesting. It's the second half that Allison finds the room to get his kicks away because they're tiring. They don't want to have to do those twenty-yard sprints to close him down. Yeah, we've never talked so excitedly about a goalkeeper on a build-up show before. He know, might I'm, be the key to victory I've, this season. Yeah, absolutely every single game. Uh, just briefly before we wrap up, uh, some interesting fixtures this weekend around the, the top six. The Man United Spurs one on Monday night. Is, is it Monday night that one? Oh, nice! That is exactly. We can I mean, win. Wembley or Old Trafford? It, Old Trafford. So that's the one. That that is a. And if we can win. for the neutral. If, if we can win, he's just said there. I know. No, Do you mean, no, no, are you talking well, about the Liverpool game or are you talking about the United Spurs game as the win? No, no, Liverpool game. Yeah. I, I have, I have this get our three points safely tucked up yeah. and then get your feet up on Monday night and watch that game with with absolute interest. Yeah. If we if we if we drop points, I'm going to be in a depression. <laughs> this is the problem with all this optimism. Yeah. Like we're all balloons waiting to go. Yeah. Right. And if we don't win, I don't want to watch another game all weekend. I'll find out, man, you United score a week later. Yeah. But if we do win, I'll be watching the Championship, the Scottish League, this anything. Is the, <laughs> this is the beauty of these games, though. When we've, had, we've had one every week, haven't we? Pretty much it's like these, the top six clashes where you've got some... There's a game where you can watch knowing that so, a team that you don't like is probably going to drop points, and ideally both, yes. which would be amazing. Yeah. A, nice, a nice hard-fought draw... With just heartbreak at both ends is, is, is great. showing but, frailties like. But, yeah, but this Man United Spurs game is absolutely ideal because they're the two teams I think who are going to be. I, I don't know what Chelsea are going to be this season. It's it's too early to tell I think for them. But Spurs and United, they've got every chance their fans are thinking. They've got they've got eyes on second place. We're very much like, well, we'll finish second. We'll definitely finish at least yeah. second this season. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Their fans think exactly the same, and I know the Man United fans are more on edge at the moment, which is what makes this even more lovely than than ever. Because if Spurs win, 
then Man United go into a complete and further meltdown. But Spurs have been, it's been bubbling under for them. So if United win, bearing in mind that everyone's looking at United as the crisis club, mm. Spurs go into absolute meltdown off, off, off the back of it, but it also doesn't fix Man United. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's the, most, uh, the Chelsea Arsenal one was the first of those we had the other week. Um, I didn't want Chelsea to win it, but the manner of their win was, was satisfactory in that they were wide open, yeah. they were a little bit crap. Arsenal. Arsenal can be encouraged by certain things, but they are definitely more than a little bit crap alongside it. So you could you go, Arsenal got naught points from six. That's sound. They're not back. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then also Chelsea going away to Newcastle. It's got a, a Rafa, yeah. a Rafa grind about it that like that another one where everyone... He disappointed on the Rafa grinds last season. He did. Yeah. yeah he did. I was always looking out for them, always predicting them and they never really came did he through. He had a couple, didn't he, toward the back yeah. end of the season when he, he turned a few decent ones in. Like, but he, he always he does those games, you know, when he's got a little bit of personal interest in them and he knows a little bit about the club as well. Like I mean he obviously decent record against us, of course. But that one that's a one where Everyone's oh, everyone's again looking at Chelsea, going, "Oh, sorry, look, he's already got them up and running. Now they're mm. going to be blah blah blah." But the blah, space blah, blah. that they were they were given to Arsenal will encourage Rafa. Yeah. And if there's anyone who can game plan for using that space and utilising it, it yeah. is him. And Arsenal West Ham at the Emirates, but that's oh, another one that's got. Ima- imagine, imagine if West Ham picks something up, something up. Imagine. <laughs> I I've just rewatched the first Kingsman movie and the bit where all the heads blow up that's yeah. basically what the Emirates is going to be like um, I think Arsenal will, will will cut loose properly that one I think that's set for them it's it's, it's at the Emirates yeah. yeah I think they'll they'll and West Ham you could see they're fragile at the moment aren't they mm. against yeah. us you could see they're that's that's a that that could they could have a repeat of last season and Pellegrino Pellegrini Pellegrini the um the other one of course Wolves hosting Man City in the early kickoff on the on the Saturday I mean all the early optimism about Wolves could have been flushed down the toilet after three games here but the that that's got all the hallmarks of if Man City weren't absolutely su- superb and the all glorious all conquer Manchester City you'd be like. What's before our game, is it? Oh, imagine. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'll be watching, because our game won't have happened. Absolutely. Uh, But yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments below on all the stuff and how you think our opponents are going to get on this weekend. Uh, Score predictions before we wrap up, Chris? I'm going to go 3-0 Liverpool. Okay. One in the first ten minutes. One. In, you don't have to do this, Rob. One between thirty. And, <laughs> oh, I will. One between thirty and forty-five, and one between forty-five and sixty. Okay. Cool. When they come out at us needing something, we just hit them, and then we just take Firmino off and, oh. and do what we normally do. I like that. I'll fret until it happens, but nine-one. They'll score first. One every t- one every ten minutes. They'll score first. Yeah. Absolutely, sir. No, I, again, I, this. To go back to the formula of what Liverpool have been doing two goals in the first half an hour would be absolutely lovely and then see how it goes three or, three or four I'll take four nil why not why not um, yeah score predictions in the comments below um, of course check out Rob on the Anfield rap you, uh, the gutter show is an absolute glorious oh, stop it <laughs> it is just great yeah it is um, <laughs> and of course go and check out the redmentv.com as I say we've got loads of extra stuff including the aforementioned newsroom podcast between these two lads thank you very much for watching thank you very much for subscribing and we'll see you post match